Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. I'd like to first apologize to both Leon and listening audience to the quality of this podcast, but I feel this is a very important podcast that needs to be out there. That is why I am putting it out. I believe this conversation with Leon was vital for me, and I think it would be for you in the sense that it changed my perspective to when I hear a story, when I read about a particular thing, now I look for certain things within that framework from the discussion that I had with Leon. And I believe that you will also gain from it. There's much wisdom that he deposited at the Enlightenment, and I felt that you would benefit from it as well. And so it is my honor and my privilege to put this up so that you and I can both enjoy it. I implore you to listen to it. I know it may be difficult, but listen to it because it has a lot of information that you will need to help you in your life. And I want to thank Leon for coming, where he spent his quality time, deposited much wisdom. So enjoy this podcast, and thank you for coming. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. I'm so excited that we have this guest today because he is going to teach us some things that we are not familiar with. And so I'm excited for us to learn. As I always say, once the guest comes, we have them introduce themselves and they tell us what they have created today. Then we will have our guests go and then begin to walk us through the processes that brought them here today. And as they talk and expound in their knowledge, 
we can gain, we can grow, and we can become better human spirits. Leon, welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you, Ken. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Well, let us know, introduce yourself and tell the people all the things that you're doing, um, your skill set, as they say, and uh, then we will go from there. Well, my name is Leon Conrad, and I'm based in London, UK. As for my skill set, I'm a polymath. I do many things and try to do them as best I can, but I'm just interested in too many things. One of the things that's been interesting to me for a while is story. And I have a new book coming out next year, 2022, called The Unknown Storyteller. And it tells the unknown story of why story stories. I think of stories as a verb rather than a noun, a dynamic activity that informs not just the stories we hear, the stories of Br'er Rabbit or Aesop's fables, but life itself. I've always been interested in language. I've always been interested in words. And what my research has shown me over the last 10 years is that story itself, as this dynamic force, has something really important to show us and teach us about how we can live more balanced lives. Awesome. This is ex- exciting. I'm, I'm, well, I'm ready. Go ahead and teach us. I know that uh, we were talking a little earlier um, get us some of these stories and bring out some of these wonderful insights to us so that we can uh, learn how to be balanced, as you say, that we can extract from the stories the wisdom that we can apply and the principles so that we can apply them to our life. Go ahead and give us a couple of, of the stories that you have read and that you are familiar with. Well, I would love to, Ken. And let me start with one of my favorites. It's probably well known to you, probably well known to your listeners. It's the story of the three little pigs. Hmm. You know the story of the three little pigs. It comes in different versions, but in many versions, they start out with a problem. They have to leave Hmm. their home for whatever reason. Either the mother's getting older and can't look after them, or the house is getting overcrowded and they're stepping on their younger siblings' tails and it hurts. And the mother's had enough and just says, that's it, you've got to go. So they set out on their journey to become independent little piggies. Some versions, she warns them of the wolf. Some versions, they just go out into the big wide world and hope for the best. On that journey, they meet friends or helpers. These people who very kindly provide the kids with the materials they need to build their houses. They get straw, they get twigs, they get bricks, and they build. They use their natural talents of house building, and there they are snug in their individual houses. Then there's a meeting with the enemy or hindrance who comes up, the wolf who wants to eat them. In some versions, he does eat the first two. In some, the first two escape and end up in the third brick house with their brother. The wolf is at the door, hungry, slavering. He cannot get in, the house is too solid. So he thinks, aha! I will climb up onto the roof. That chimney is going to help me get in. He nips down the chimney, loses his balance, falls right into the fire or the cooking pot, and that is the end of the big bad wolf. The pigs realise they can live safely, independently, as long as they live together in a solid, sensible house. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not that story or the content 
that is the important thing here. Mm -hmm. It is the underlying structure. These basic elements that make up the story of the Three Little Pigs are common elements found in many stories throughout the world. And there are six parts to them. You have the first part, the who, when, where. The characters in a setting at a particular time. Mm -hmm. They have a problem. That's number two. Number three is the journey. Number four is the meeting with a friend or helper. Number five is the meeting with the enemy or hindrance. Mm -hmm. And six is the outcome or resolution. The outcome can be negative. It can flip them back to a new problem. And they go through a try, try, try again cycle until they get to the resolution at the end. Those six steps mm. are often framed by an opening and a closing that takes us into the story world and back out. Very important. But sometimes that framing is implied, not stated. And what I love telling academics mm -hmm. is that when they write an essay or creative writing teachers or academic writing teachers in college, all they're doing is following the same structure that underpins the story of the three little pigs. Mm -hmm. You have a problem that you want to solve. You want to write an essay about. The problem is something that people can't agree on. Some people think one thing, some people the absolute opposite, or they have varying views. So you outline your methodology, the journey you're going to go on. You then take your arguments for, those are your friends and helpers, you take your arguments against the enemies or hindrances that you're going to fight against and argue that they're not as sound because yours have greater uh, merit for being uh, worthwhile answers to support your point of view. And that's your conclusion. Academics mm -hmm. think, you know what? No, 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 no. We're doing much too important things to be likened to three little pigs here. But actually, <laughs> story is universal. And the sooner we can see that these structures underlie very different things, things that we are used to seeing differently, I think we'll have a much richer view of what story is and what it does. Wow. That is, you have just um, laid out the process of enlightenment <laughs> and, and life as um, I'm hearing you talking about the stories of the pig and you can actually, those principles will apply uh, to anyone uh, coming in their life. You take it to the academics, but it could uh, apply to an individual in their process and their growth and their uh, development in life. And uh, as you uh, eloquently stated, all of the different aspects of the story that each individual have to live and create their story. And we read the story and you, you uh, told us the story of these brothers that had their incident and so forth. But I love that you did that. I've never looked at that story like that. But as you began to open it and uh, uh, talk about it, you can see all of the steps that every one of these people and, and that uh, the sages and every one of us talk about in, in the story. Leon, that's absolutely brilliant. I, I've never really looked at it that way ever. Oh, I'm glad. This is why I've written the book. This is what I want to share with people. And it's just one of 18 distinct structures that I've discovered. Mm -hmm. Each of them has its own quality. Many 
come about in response to a particular kind of problem. So this story, the six-part story mm. structure, the quest story, I call it, that underlines the three little pigs, comes out of an initial situation in which there's a problem that the character in the story can solve themselves with a little bit of help from their friends. Mm -hmm. But not all problems are like mm. that. Right? Sometimes mm. in the rags to riches or death and rebirth stories, for instance, that other writers have uh, talked about, you need some external help, some major external help. Mm. And that very often is where you have a problem that comes and hits you like a bolt from the blue unexpectedly and floors you. And in those stories, that's when mm -hmm. the fairy godmothers come in. That's when the savior characters come in, the prince that saves Cinderella, the prince that comes and revives Snow White. Oh, man, this is awesome because that particular story is, and I have talked about so many people, uh, about uh, the principles in that story, and that's beautiful. So most of us, and I've always said say this, Leon, that uh, – because we as human spirits don't live in a state of awareness that life gives us these breadcrumbs, what I call breadcrumbs, as to trying to get our attention to handle or to, to come up, as they say, to, to not live the way we are, but to, to make us aware that there is more. And we usually ignore those things. And like you said, until we have, bam, this... Uh, uh, incident that take place in our lives. It could be a divorce. It could be an accident. It could be any type uh, incident. There's millions of them. And then, as you state, and everyone that I've ever heard tell the story, just like you said, where this, uh, some say God, some say the higher power, some say angels, all of these things now intervene and began to... Um, they began to, be, to become awakened that there is something more than just their uh, uh, life and that there's another entity outside of them that is here that they can rely on to help them change their story. Leon, talk about a little of that. Um, I know we had mentioned some uh, as to angels and all these different things. Talk to the people about some of those entities that through the stories that have... Um, that we rely on to take us out of our uh, that situation when it, when we face it. Sure. Uh, one of the interesting things that came out of the research I've done is that angels and demons appear in stories for a reason. And you quite rightly said that in our lives, our everyday nine to five working lives as human beings in this level of actuality we live in, we find breadcrumbs that life throws at us. And I've described story as this dynamic verb-like thing, but I think story and life are one and the same. And one and the same. The, there is a reason we come across different things, breadcrumbs or whatever, and it's a dynamic process. But we can't trust everything. There are tricks to characters. I'll come on to them later. Going back to the angels and the demons, what I've noticed is that angels appear out of a condition where there is a perceived excess of evil. To give you a real-life example, the story of the foundation of the Baha'i faith, one key moment of that 
is where Baha'u'llah is imprisoned in the dark pit, the worst, foulest place on earth in Tehran. And he's there without hope, in despair, blackness, stench, filth. And he has this vision of an angel who reveals to him what he needs to do. And there's hope. He's released Mm -hmm. and he starts spreading the word. In the 900s, I think it is, Boethius, great writer, reviver of the liberal arts, is imprisoned unjustly. Mm -hmm. He's found disfavour in the eyes of the emperor and he's um, taken down from his high rank and position and put in jail. He's visited by philosophy as a towering female, an angelic figure, who inspires him to write a wonderful book called The Constellation of Philosophy. Demons appear in stories as a result of there being an excess of good. At the beginning of Beowulf, Hrothgar the king builds this huge mead hall and he wants it to be fantastic. He wants it to be towering, to be gorgeous, to be sumptuous, almost reaching up to heaven. And there's such merrymaking, such joy, such singing in the hall that it disturbs Grendel, the monster who's living quite happily at the swamp down um, downwind of the great mead hall. And he comes up attracted by this mm-hmm. jangling music that he doesn't like. And he thinks, I'm not having this. I'm going mm-hmm. to attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were telling the story about the angels. And, and uh, as I mentioned before, that I came up out of the uh, Christian uh, faith. And I remember the story of Peter being in jail. And the angels came and uh, rescued him when he was there as well. And so I see this, the similarities as you, as you were talking about in, uh, you were talking about certain cultures. I see it in other belief system, as you say. So that uh, uh, principle, that aspect of the story with angels coming in and demons and so forth is so uh, common, I guess, out in within the different uh, religions and belief system. But it was it's nice to see how you um, how you equate the reasons as to how they show up and why they show up. I, I this is I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I, I am enjoying this. So keep going. I'm listening. Just uh, I really am. I'm having a blast. Man. Well, good because the next thing I was going to say was that we have angelic and demonic parts of us, and we it, story helps us understand them and um, come to terms with them, so that we can realize that both. In stories as we know them, Three Little Pigs or Beowulf or things like that, we can come to terms with and understand forces that ultimately are within us. And mm-hmm. story, yeah. what I think story is trying to tell us, what life is trying to tell us, is that balance is important. And I've heard you talk about vibrations and tremblings before, Ken. And Trembling is really important in stories. One of the structures is, um, actually, no, it isn't a structure. It is something that any of the structures can be used for, which is comedy. Another element Mm -hmm. that any of the structures can be used for is tragedy. I don't think comedy and tragedy are story structures in themselves. Other writers Mm -hmm. uh, have written about this, but I disagree. 
I think comedy and tragedy are structure neutral. Any story structure can be used to tell a comic story or a tragic story. The point is that what makes us laugh, what makes us cry, depend on this trembling or vibration. We laugh when we experience a category mistake, something that is wrong. Mm -hmm. And it happens so fast, so naturally, that it makes us laugh. And when we laugh, especially when it's a good belly laugh, our whole body shakes, vibrates. Mm -hmm. And there's a guy who, um, I think he's called David Bercelli, who has looked at this and uses this shaking, trembling aspect of laughter to release stress in people suffering from post-traumatic stress syndrome. Tragedy and crying also involves a kind of trembling, shaking thing that is healing, ultimately, because we cry when we experience a category correction. When we finally realize that what we Mm. think should be isn't, and we have to come to face with that. Mm-hmm. To fa- uh, we have to face it. We have to come to terms with yeah. that. Somebody we love dying, they should be there for us, but they're not. And when we actually finally um, accept that, that's when the tears start to flow and that's when healing commences. And these things are part of our own inner healing mechanism. And yet, strangely enough, We prefer to laugh than to cry. We avoid tears. We avoid the pain of Mm -hmm. tragedy. That's where the healing is. Laughter is the kind of trembling and shaking that tells us, "Uh uh-uh, there's a breadcrumb. There's something wrong here. Have a look at it. It's a lesson for you. Wow. I am just having, (laughs) uh, I think I'm enjoying this more than some of the listeners that will hear this, Leon. I really am. Because it's opening up. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, opening up a lot uh, for me personally to uh, take another perspective of how I look at things, even as you just said, the difference between a, a new perspective about laughter and crying. And uh, it is uh, liberating because I remember uh, when my mom passed and that I did not uh, uh, heal until I sat down one day and I started remembering all of these different things and putting things together and just broke down crying and got up and I felt uh, somewhat refreshed. And so I would never had equated with that until you said what you just said. I, I never thought of, I just thought, you know, you just get up and you cried and you're, you're up and then you're moving. Um, I never equated to a form of healing like you had just done, said. Yeah, Aristotle talks about tragedy being a form of soul cleansing or catharsis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that quite was, rightly, um, I think. Yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. I love it. Um, so here you are. You are. You have. You're working on the book. What made you um, decide to put this together? You were talking about how you look at things a little different than some of the other uh, orators or writers, and and you wanted. How did you decide to go? Okay, let me put this out and um, describe that process to us. So I've been very lucky, Ken. I was fortunate enough to have one of those boom moments 
hit me mm-hmm. like a bolt out of the blue. I was reading a book on narrative because I'm interested in story, I'm interested in language. And in it, the author, who's a guy I admire very greatly, H. Porter Abbott, in the Cambridge Introduction to Narrative, he said, mm-hmm. what makes the story of Cinderella the story of Cinderella is the question that can never be answered with precision. And it just struck me. I thought, why? Why is he so sure that it can't? <laughs> and I love questions that we don't have satisfactory answers yeah. to. They really inspire me. They get me going. And it's taken me 10 years. Over that period, I have been incredibly fortunate. I've met some wonderful people. Foremost among them was a guy called George Spencer Brown. He wrote a book in the 60s called Laws of Form. And in it, he reveals what he calls a calculus. It's a way of doing things of great simplicity and great beauty. And I'm not a mathematician, although he also a polymath, thought of himself first and foremost as a mathematician. Um, Mm -hmm. But he was a wonderful poet, wonderful writer, philosopher. He studied with Bertrand Russell, with Wittgenstein, went on to do mathematics. He died a few years ago, and I miss him terribly. I was his last student, and I got to know him very well in the last four years of his life. Mm -hmm. He died in his early 90s. And I was lucky enough to be taken through laws of form with him. After he'd written the book, he acknowledged that he had written the vehicle for his own enlightenment. And people have read it and have found it enlightening themselves. I recognised in it, when I first came across some of the diagrams uh, from the work, parallels with ancient Egyptian creation myths of a universe that brings itself into Mm -hmm. being out of itself. That's his starting point in the work. And... He shows how any universe can unfold from a very basic act of distinction, which is like drawing a circle in space. Mm -hmm. It creates an inside and outside and a border Mm -hmm. and an act of indication, which means you can point to the inside or the outside. If you're pointing to the inside, you're not pointing to the outside. If you're pointing to the outside, you're not pointing to the inside. You can only point at one at the same time. Otherwise, you're pointing Mm -hmm. to everything. There is no distinction because that's all there is. and. He uses six very simple symbols in his work. Most people have used them to work with mathematics and look at different ways that people can work with number. Very few people have used his work to analyse narrative. And that's where I've been able to show that there is new stuff to tell about story. There is a new story to tell. There are new things to notice. Mm -hmm. Because with his six simple symbols, which are indefinitely expandable and indefinitely contractible to a basic unit or two, you can map what a story is doing at that underlying level that I've described that goes under the three little pigs, for instance. And you can see how all story structures relate and how they come from a core source. So either there's a group of stories that starts with a an unfortunate event for the character and a whole family of structures comes out of that or there are a few story structures that start fortunately for the character and it's this dance of fortunate unfortunate that actually shows the difference between different story structures a story structure being defined as the minimum number of steps for a problem to be solved 
Mm-hmm. And the minimum number of steps and their quality are what make story structures distinct. And this is what his work has allowed me to uh, go on and show. And it provides a precise answer to H. Porter Abbott's statement. Yes, what makes the story of Cinderella, the story of Cinderella can be answered with precision. It's taken me 10 years of my life, but I did it. (laughs) I was going to ask you, did you get the answer? Um, I can't wait to get my hands on this book. And when is this book coming out? It should be out towards the middle of 2022. The Unknown Storyteller. And you can keep up with um, announcements and join my mailing list at my website, leonconrad.com. That's L-E-O-N-C-O-N-R-A-D. I will make sure that I have that posted when we when we put all your stuff in because I want a copy of this. I'd be very happy to and, send you one, Ken. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to make sure that uh, I tell all my friends about this so they can get a hand on this as well. Um, I I have been totally uh, captivated from the moment that you showed up and began to speak, and I love I loved it. I love all of your your insight that you have, and it's so rich. Um, I need to sit down. I, I need to come and take a trip to England and sit down and have a a, a, a drink and, and a cigar or something so we could uh, get into some more of this uh, insights that you have because I love, I love what you had to say so far, and you are giving me another perception and perceptive about certain things that I had in my life, and I'm I'm grateful for it. So I am so glad that you you came. So uh, this is so good. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I can't I can't even uh, you know continue how good this is. So um, you have written this book, and what an honor, though, uh, Leon, to have a chance to spend uh, four years with this. Uh, person to uh, what an honor to have that time that precious time that uh, you were able to get insight and knowledge and um, at the end of his uh, journey on this plane to the next but um, I know it's sad in some ways you said you miss him but I as you were saying and I said what an honor that must have been for you to be there and uh, to get a chance to uh, drink up. He was very generous, and we got on very well as people. He didn't get on with anyone. I was lucky. I was lucky. (laughs) That is absolutely beautiful Um, uh, synchronicity, as they say, Um, and we call it luck, but that was just priceless uh, uh, stuff. So I want to thank you, Leon, for coming to us at Threads of Enlightenment. I This, for me personally, was absolutely what I needed uh, to hear uh, because you have encouraged me uh, greatly. And I love, as you talk about stories from here on out, anytime I read a story, it's going to be a lot different than how I did before. So... Uh, and, and I love to read, I think, people's lives. And I am going to be looking for those things in my studies when I read. And um, I know I've read all the Bible stories and so forth. And you were talking about certain things, and all of those things have a different 
perspective to me. So I'm excited to get the chance to go back and read. I'm more, so glad, Ken. I'm so <laughs> glad. That's what it's about, to in, infuse new insights into what we know and show that there is well, new stuff to learn all the time. All the time. And I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for coming by, Threads of Enlightenment. I'm going to make sure that everyone get a chance to hear all of your stuff. We're going to put it on our website. We're going to put it on the blog. We're going to put it every single place we can uh, so that people can get a chance to l listen to what you have given to us, but also to be in a state of expectation. Thank you so much, Ken. Coming out uh, next year. So uh, Bye. you be have well. a great day, sir. Thank you. everyone who's listening to this podcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.